The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max with the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Uh, today, I have a very, very special guest, a gentleman I just met the other day, but he's got quite a story, and I think uh, my audience is going to get a lot out of it. So what I like to do, Jonathan, is um, have you introduce yourself, like who you are and what exactly it is that you do, and then we're just going to we're gonna rock and roll after that. Perfect, man. Well, first of all, man, thank you for having me on. I surely, surely appreciate the chance to, to get to share my story. Um. Really, man, it's, it kind of boils down to I feel like that uh, everyone has a bit more resilience, I think, than, than they want to believe about themselves. Um, Absolutely. So I, I want to, yeah, I, you know, people don't give themselves enough credit um, for overcoming the things that they overcome. Um, so I just want to highlight that. Um, I want to talk, you know, the, the idea of my podcast is to, to talk about my story and talk about other people's stories and uh, just to share my story and my habits and, and the way that, that I go about um, my day and how I build resilience. And that's, that's pretty much, pretty much what I do. All right, Jonathan, uh, by the way, everybody, his name is Jonathan York and he's right. When he talks about people not giving in themselves enough credit for the resilience, right? Cause we're as a, as human beings, right? We're very resilient. Look at the thing. If you look back in history and the stuff, like that humankind has been through in the past, we're very resilient. So, um, so Jonathan, like tell, tell my audience, like start wherever you want, but let them know what your backstory is and how you got to where you're at today. Okay. Well, I was born in South Atlanta. My mom was 16 or so. So that kind of tells you the, the, uh, the support that she had, you know, as a, as a, a young, very young lady in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, so we grew up pretty poor. Um, I bounced around a lot, ended up with dad, uh, was in the kind of rough part of South Atlanta, gangs and drugs and all those things all around me, uh, idolized drug dealers, idolized gangsters. That's, that's just kind of the, was the norm. They had the girls and the money and all those things. So that's who we wanted to be. Um, managed, my parents managed to move us away from there and get us to a little bit nicer place in the suburbs. Um, had a pretty f- normal um, high school, a lot of playing, a lot of drinking, a lot of you know, all the normal stuff. Um, and then I got married around 20. Um, when I got married, I had my first uh, daughter and my son. <clears throat> and that's when addiction really started to come out in me. Um, I spent my 20s uh, just as, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, just a really horrible person, uh, double life, um, running the streets, 
doing drugs after work, halfway kind of taking care of my priorities and my family, but not really. Right. Um, my wife finally got tired of my crap after a foreclosure and good a million other reasons uh, right. and divorced me at 30. When she divorced me at 30, I ran the streets really hard for about two years. Um, kind of linked up with a pretty pretty well-known drug dealer in the in the uh, in the Atlanta area. Um, long story short, uh, landed myself in prison for 32 months. <laughs> but I tell people, I mean, prison is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, it gave me a chance to sober up for like the first time in probably like 15 years, you know, right. um, it, and my head on straight. And really, uh, after that two or three week haze, you know, of, of basically sleeping and because <laughs> you've been, you know. Uh, you know, you wake up and, and yeah. you kind of gain some clarity. Um, and I had this experience in diagnostics, which is the worst place I was. Um, it just put me around some just some really, really bad people. And I just kind of looked around and I was like, you know, this is not the place for me. You know, I do not want to be back here. So I spent those three years really. Um, I found my faith in, in prison. Um, and I, I spent those just really internally just working on myself. Um, build a solid foundation of faith. <clears throat> but when I got out, um, within the first year of getting out, um, within the first few weeks of getting out, my mom overdosed and was in ICU for a week. Um, oh, wow. I didn't, we didn't really have any family on that side except for my sister. Um, everyone has pretty much drank or drugged themselves to death on, on that whole side of the family. So I, I, what I tell people is I, I feel like I prayed my mom a lot because I'd missed so much time with her um, and I'd just gotten out. So anyways, she pulls out. And then six months later, my sister overdoses and passes away in some crappy motel room in Atlanta. That was really probably the worst morning of my life. I had to wake up, um, get the news from my aunt, drive to tell my mom this, who just a few months earlier, was in ICU herself, so this fragile woman. Uh, so you can imagine what what kind of day that was. Get her through that. Get myself through that. Um, checking on my mom daily uh, on my like my lunch breaks. I get her to move pretty close to where I work, nice. and uh, one day I go to check on her, um, and I find her suicide by overdose on my lunch break. So this all happened within a year of getting out of prison. That's when. I mean, it rocked me for, I'm not going to say like, I just kept right on going, you know, it, uh, it definitely rocked me. Um, it rattled my faith, it rattled everything. I actually relapsed for a few months. Um, but then for the first time in my life, I, I said, I, I like to say I handled the situation like a man for probably the first time in my life. I, I knew that I was headed down the wrong path. So I was able to um, call my wife and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. She was super supportive, helped me get get things right. And, uh, you know, through it all, you know, managed to build a pretty good life, um, even through all the adversity. Man, um, you know, as I'm listening to your story, right, and I could hear it in your voice and I could see it, you know, because I'm on the video, but, um, you know, obviously the audience can, right? You could just see the 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 pain in your eyes and inherit in your voice, right? That's a rough time to come out of prison to your mom ODing and then your sister, right? And, and there's some similarities in our story, right? But mine happened, my mom was an older mom, right? But about six years ago, you know, 
some adversity, some tragedy hit my family, I would lose my sister, right? My brother eight months later would commit suicide and lose his battle to addiction. Mm-hmm. And then my mom would die of, literally of a broken heart. And and as you know, when you watch a loved one who has lost a child, right? Because, you know, I don't, you're a parent, right? Like we know that we're yeah. not supposed to watch our children go before us, right? Like I can't mm-hmm. imagine what my mom felt. Um, I just know what I saw and it was horrible. Um, and, and this is where I, I want to like ask you some questions, right? Like, cause those are those moments, like you said, right. You did, you admitted like for a moment there, you just, okay. You went backwards, right. And you relapsed, right. Because if we're not <clears throat> building a strong foundation, like you said, uh, but luckily in the prison, the time in prison, you took time to, you know, build your faith and, Right. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine if you didn't do anything but, you know, say like in your case, if you got involved in the prison politics and like you didn't care. Right. Mm -hmm. Who knows? You may not have been there for your mom. Right. So how did how did that time in prison? Right. Where you got to reflect, take time to go, okay, this is what I got to do. Take accountability for my actions. Now I'm going to do right. You know, but we all like slip and, you know, I mean. We make mistakes, but as they say, if we fail forward and we learn from it, we can actually become better people for that, right? So what made you realize after you had relapsed that, like, despite my sister being gone now and my mom now, like, what made you to make that decision to go, I'm going to be a better man no matter what? Man, really, I think it's like I was like the last one left in my family. And I was like, you know, not me. You know, I'm going to be the one that changes this for my kids and my family and my, our future. Like, it's going to stop now. It's going to stop with me. I mean, it was, you know, the strength was given to me by my father, 100%. But that that was, I'm pretty sure that was the, you know, the driving force is just enough's enough. And I, I'm stopping it right now for, for my family moving forward. Right. You wanted to break the chain, as they say, or break the cycle right. of addiction, right? Because right as you and i know as fathers right we know there's people watching right our children Absolutely. and when we Absolutely. think they're not you know they always say something where they remind us like oh shit, they're watching you know what i mean so i gotta be up <laughs> right? you know? you're like Absolutely. oh man like oh um and so you know you know being in that situation can be tough right um i don't know how many children you have but um uh they're watching dad right Cause now 100%. like you said, you're, you're the leader of the family, right? You're the one that is taking care of them. So they, they're going to, they're, they're going to, what do they say? They always say monkey see monkey do. Right. So, yeah. right. You want your it's kids to go ahead. Caught not taught. Yeah. Caught not taught is what, what we like to say. Yeah. yeah. Things are caught, not <laughs> they're going to watch you and they're going to do what you do. Not what you say for sure. Right. So, you know, knowing this, right. So what, um, you know, like you said, you're taking care of your family and I know you got a very successful business that you run and stuff like that. How has that helped you stay on, you know, we'll get into the other stuff, but like, cause part of the, a lot of the guests I've had, right. Are, have gone through challenges like us, right. And come out successful, right. Mm-hmm. Started businesses. Right. So how did that help you in your journey? Stay focused, right. Because we know that alone can bring on a lot of stress, right. But how did that keep you focused and to be the dad that you are and to be the husband you are and be the father you are and just just keep focused and keep building and, and building a better life for your family? 
I think I've always had this internal thing, you know, about me. I mean, even even with my issues throughout my life, I've always been every job, every you know, kind of a leader, you know. And at, and when I started this company, I, I took that really to heart. Um, I got in shape. I changed the way I look. You know, I worked on uh, my. You know, all of a sudden, I figured. You know, my people that work for me are watching. The people in my community are, are paying more attention, and and I changed a lot of things about me when I started Resonus, which is the the flooring company that I own. Um, I really used it as as something. I knew there was a spotlight on me. I think, and I just I wanted to shine. Like I wanted to be a, a leader, and be, I'd say like I've led people plenty of places in my life, but it's usually like right off a cliff. You know what I mean? Like I was ready to leave. People. <laughs> I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah. But see, and that's, that's whatever anybody, if you're listening audience, right? Like what he's saying, right? When you start becoming successful, yeah, that spotlight, it starts to get brighter and brighter, right? And you know that people are watching every move, right? Because whether the people that support you and love you and support you, then there's always the ones, right? That, that the yep. haters, right? That like <laughs> he's been to prison. He doesn't deserve that. Like, right. and, and they don't know that you've worked your ass off, right? To, right. Um, and how do you handle that, right? Like, um, like how do you handle the haters that, you know, they don't even know you, but they want to point the finger at you and tell you what kind of like you're a bad person and they don't even know you. How do you handle those situations, Jonathan? I mean, I think I've I've gotten more mature now to the point where I I understand that you know I'm a much better man today than I was a week ago, a year ago, a month ago, and right. ten years ago is when I really started this internal work. I, I, that's when I woke up from my haze in jail roughly ten years ago, and I started down this path. I mean, it's been a long road to get here. It's it's been you know small changes and 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 you know positive habits and small changes that have compounded over time. And I've, you know, I, I built my, or between me and God, we built the man you see before us. Uh, it's been, you know, I, you're going to, you know, you're going to fall, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to, but as long as you can just get, keep moving in the right direction and you play the long game and you don't give up, man, anyone can change. Anyone can, can be who they want to be. I, I honestly believe that with everything in me. Yeah. Well, you're living proof. You've been to prison and, and you're not, because we know the the recidivism rate, right? Where for the audience of you know the people that go in and out of prison is very high, right? Because as you know, Jonathan, like there's not a lot of programs that go here. You're we're letting you go, but we're going to teach you how to be a good member of society, right? They just like here's your gate money, good luck. We'll see it, bye. Yeah. And, and you know, some of them look at you like we'll see you back because we know you're going to be back, right? But oh, you're hundred percent. It doesn't have to be that way, right? Absolutely. It doesn't have to. It's up to you. Right. And I, here's the thing, like, because you mentioned God, right? And and I'm I'm a big believer. And, and it's funny that you mentioned him because I think the last couple of interviews I've had, right, are two people who've been to prison who found God in prison, right? And said, this is it. I'm done. Like, I, and, and one, you know, I just did the other day, spent 19 years in federal prison, right? So, you know, that's got to be hard. And um, to not get caught up in, you know, I, I, I almost went to prison. So a little bit about me is like, I went, I was sitting in jail looking at three years in prison and this judge gave me a third chance. Right. So thank God. Right. 
yeah i messed up along the way like you said yeah i i I fell you know i could have went back but you know i always believe there was some divine every time i relapsed jonathan i gotta tell you there was someone there like unexplainably to help me along the way to go you're not going to prison you're going to get back on the horse and you're going to go back out there and do what you're supposed to do right yeah man i tell you around two years ago 18 months yeah right at two years ago I went through this um, a hard time with my wife, um, and and some things were were kind of said that uh, you know rocked me pretty pretty deeply. And uh, went on this work trip for like a month. Was by myself in a hotel room for like a month, and I did this just internal, just deep dive. And really, honestly, I I, I really haven't stopped doing it since. Um, but through that, God really put it on my heart that like it's all been for a reason. Like it's all been preparation. Everything that I've been through has, has, is to make me who I am now because I have important work to do moving forward. And, and once that thought process like entered my, my brain and my body, man, it, it like supercharged everything. It changed everything. Yeah. And I can totally understand that, right? Because like we were talking about before the show, right? Like I've been in this substance abuse field for 14 years now. And, you know, I, I can't, I, yes, I picked it because, but, when I was going through the process, right. And figured, I always say God chose me and it was at the right time because I was telling one of my guests, one of my friends, I'm like, yeah, you know, my friend who was getting ready to graduate from school made it look so cool. Right. You know, I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but the Marlboro man on the uh, billboards, he made smoking <laughs> look really cool. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 42, man. okay. Yeah. So, you know, right. Like that made you go like, I want to smoke. Cause that guy looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this guy would come, right? And and we, you know, we all hung around together and he'd pull up in his Harley, right? And I think, man, I want to be a counselor because, you know, I want my Harley and, and I want to look cool like this guy, right? But luckily for me, I was uh, following some direction from some mentors, right? And one of them happened to be my sponsor. And I go, hey, I was 30 days sober. I'm going to be a counselor. And he goes, no, you're not. I'll tell you when. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like, what? Okay. Okay, you know, and I just did what he did. I followed his direction, right? And I waited till I was two years sober because, like you said, there was that internal work that how am I going to help someone if I'm not healthy, right? And and I haven't worked, as we know, on those demons inside, right? Because if I don't work on them, they're going to come out. It could be I could be working with you as a client, and all of a sudden, Jonathan goes, Whoa, dude, like what's going on with you, bro? You know what I mean? Like, you get what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm glad I did that work. Yeah. And then I, I'm like, here's what I'm saying. I'm grateful for, for men like you who come on the show and they talk about that internal work, right? Cause it doesn't happen overnight. Um, so mm-hmm. talk to the, talk to tell the audience, like what that process looks like for you. And like, what are some of the things that you do that help you become a better man every day? Yeah, man. And, and just to set the record straight, I mean, I am absolutely still a work in progress, you know, I'm 10 years into this, but Honestly, like the works, I, I really feel like it's really just getting started, to be honest. Like, okay. um, well, that's been like the preliminary work almost to get my head right so I can do the real work. That's right. kind of where I'm at. I know what you so, mean. Uh, and, and, and I'm 10 years in, you know, so it's like it's the long game for sure. And, um, you know, you have to find something bigger than yourself to to pour yourself into to put your faith in for sure because if you put it in yourself you're gonna fail man if you put it in any other man you're he's gonna disappoint you or whatever absolutely it, it, 
God or whoever, you just you have to find something bigger than yourself to pour yourself into. And then, you know, get it going down this path or, or like, you know, when you said that you you chose or you feel like God led you to to your field, but your fields kind of also helped hold you accountable, right? Because, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to be the person who's – so, and it's kind of the same thing with Resilient Man and, and, and stuff moving forward for me. Uh, it's just that one more layer of accountability um, right. because now it's not only about me and my family. Now it's about, you know, anybody who follows me or anybody who respects me or anybody who I'm trying to help. So, you know, it becomes so much bigger than myself. Um, I think that's an important, important thing. Um, but then it's, you know, keeping promises to yourself. If if you say you're going to do something, do it. Um, it's it's routines. It's prayer time. It's it's. Man, there's so I could go on and on, um, but it's just a lot of little things, a lot of little, little small things that that I'm when you add them all up or end up, you know, being something pretty big. Absolutely. Yeah, one of my friends says that a lot. He's very, he's very successful, right? And he always says like small steps forward daily, right? He doesn't say big, huge steps, right? Like, cause we know sometimes that doesn't work, right? We fall flat on our face. Um, but there was something that I like that you said, right, is, is doing those things like a daily routine every day. But most importantly, finding that thing that's bigger than you, right? Because it's almost Critical. like the saying in the program, like I, I, I am, I, I'm not shy about it. I'm a 12 stepper. I have been for 19 years. I've been in this game 19 years um, of being sober, right? And like you, I st- I now feel like I'm just getting going, right? Yeah, I've stayed sober a long time, but like, the elevation game where I'm pushing myself to be better, right? Every day uh, has probably happened in the last few years myself. And um, and my, <laughs> some of my mentors always would tell me like, yeah, he who sponsors himself has an asshole for a sponsor. So be very careful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and good, I would, yeah. And I would go, Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, but fortunately for me, I've had the same man as my sponsor for 19 years, right? And he's very humble. I call him my Yoda, right? He's always telling me to use the force, right? <laughs> Do the right thing, Max. And But it's interesting that you talk about that, right? And and, and having these routines, right? Um, everybody's different, right? Like, I, I'm sure you have your morning, right? Which is, and I bet you a mm-hmm. lot of ours is similar in a certain way, right? Where I pray and I meditate, Right. I have mm-hmm. my time where I speak to God. Mm-hmm. Then I Absolutely. have my time where I, I try to listen and hear what he says and, you know, shut down the chatter uh, so I could hear yeah. what he wants me to hear. Um, you know, I think it's important, right, is to get your day started on the on the right foot. And part of my routine is doing a gratitude journal. Right. So that and I do that at night, too. Right. So the first thing that I put in my brain is something positive. And at the end of the day, I do the same thing right before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I don't know about you, Jonathan, but like, you know, some of our background, I, I our minds can go to some weird, crazy places. Right. So oh. if I'm not constantly filling it with positivity. I can get right. really dark and ugly and right. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. funny. And we've seen, yeah, seen things and been places that most people haven't seen and, and haven't been. And you never know when that uh, memory is coming. You know, when you go through those traumatic events, sometimes a sound or a word or you just you don't know when it's coming. So um, 
you know, building resilience is important. And I think if you can go through things in your life, if you can make it to the other side, if you can start to build that resilience, if you can develop a personal relationship with, with God, which I call that spiritual resilience, you can develop this resilient mindset where you like right now, there's really only one thing in this world that scares me. And that's what scares every parent. Other than that, there's nothing that I can't overcome. I mean, I can overcome that if I have to. Good God, we don't think about that, you know. Right. But I really feel like in this moment, there is nothing that I can't handle. There is nothing that I can't get through, you know, because I've developed this resilience over my life. I have a personal relationship with God. You combine those two things and man, you're unto- you're pretty much unstoppable. Absolutely. And let me ask you, how many children do you have? Five. Five. So you are in charge. You're large and in charge of those lives, right? Well, two are from a, from my first wife who put up with all my crap and divorced me that I was talking about before, which we get along great now. Um, my oldest son or my oldest daughter is 21. My oldest son's 20. So I have, I have three in the house with us now. Okay. Yeah. But still, even your older ones still need their dad, right? And what a gift that you can give them a dad that is resilient. Well, like you say, right? Strong in his beliefs and has a killer work ethic, right? And and works hard to take care of his family, right? If you have daughters, you know, like me, man, that stuff, right? I know you got a hat on, but I know there's some gray hairs from daughters in your hair somewhere. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right? The mine ends up on my chin, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, saying, I tell people I'd rather turn gray than turn loose. So, you know, that's true. Yeah, see, I, I just keep it because I'd be <laughs> salt and pepper, bro. I keep it short, right? Just for that yeah. reason. Because every time I talk to my kids, even they're all done, you're like, you're old, dad. Like when you turn, I can see all the gray. I'm like, stop. I'm stop, referred stop. to as old man in here constantly. Yeah. <laughs> but what better role to have than a father, right? Because you get to lead by example. That's to me, right, being a father, and I'm just telling you from my point of view, right, being a father, right, like, yes, we made our mistakes, but like now, presently, we are the leaders of our family, right? We get to, like, for me, I get to teach not only my kids how to live right and be, you know, honest and truthful, but I got grandbaby number 10 coming next this month. Matter of fact, probably in the next week or so. Um, so, you know, now I'm grandpa too, right? So what better way to lead than with my kids and my grandkids, right? So we can show them, you guys like you and I, what resilience really looks like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, our life has, has given us a, a unique perspective and and I cherish that perspective. Um, I, I understand how important a relationship with God is. So therefore I stress that importance to my kids. I understand how important it is not to to judge anyone because you have no idea what they've been through. So I, you know, I instill that in my kids, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. all these life lessons that took me 40 years to figure out, you know, <laughs> I'm 54. Hard oh yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> I get to I get to try to instill in, in my children the, the right way, you know, and, and that's, that's a blessing. You know, it really is. It is a blessing, right? Cause um, it could have turned out as you know, the opposite way, right? If you didn't make that decision, because it started with you sitting in prison, making that decision that I'm going to be a better man, even though I'm in this spot right now. But when I leave here, I'm going to be better than I was when I got here. And as you yeah. know, a lot of guys don't do that. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, they don't get taught that or they don't have um the will or the strength to do that. So as they say, my hat's literally off to you for making that decision. Um, 
because I get to benefit, right? I get to have this awesome guest named Jonathan York on my podcast. He gets to share his story um, and, and tell the world that, see, this is the whole reason I started this podcast, Jonathan, is to show people that they can overcome any challenge and become successful, right? And we know that for me, successful is, right, whatever you feel it is, right? But you're mm-hmm. a business owner, you're a husband, you're a father, um, yeah. and now you're a podcast host, host excuse me, host, uh, who's going to show the world how resilience looks like in yeah. the world, right? Absolutely. There's, you know, okay, I'm, a, I'm the son of an alcoholic and an addict. My mom, you know, it, my younger years turned literally turned to prostitution. She was, I mean, that's how big of an addict we're talking about here. I'm a felon. I'm all these things, right? But none of that is who I am anymore, right? None of that defines me at all, not even a little bit. And that's what I'm trying to explain to people. Like, you can make these changes. Anyone can make these changes. It can be done. It's going to take work. You know, Absolutely. It can Absolutely. And you're right, right? Like our past do not have to define us, right? We are not what we were even yesterday, right? Because if we are truly trying to, um, like I like to share in here a lot, you know, it's nothing I made up, but one of my friends had shared it. There was this guy named Sam Bakhtiar back in the fitness world, right? He died young, unfortunately, in his 40s. But there was a saying he would say is be 1% better than you were yesterday. And if you do, I like that, to say 0.01% better. <laughs> I've heard well, that before, but I yd- like to change it because I'm saying in a hundred days, you're going to be good. And I'm going to say it's going to take at least a thousand. So we're going to go 0.01%. Better. There you go. I, I get it. Right. Because, but his whole point was, is if you start in January, say the beginning of the year, you go all year trying to be 1% better at the end of the year, you're going to look back and go, wow, I'm 365% better than I was last year, right? And what an ego boost, what a mental boost, right? To know that you really put in some work. Uh, and and resilience plays a part in that, right? Because here's what resilience means to me, and I'm going to give you my definition, right? Is like, no matter what goes on in my life, right? Good, bad, or indifferent, I'm going to bounce back and I'm going to always try to be better than I was before. Right. So that mm-hmm. I can show my family or you or or anybody, right, that we don't have to give up and just throw in the towel and go, okay, I had some bad luck. Let's just, you know, in our case, like you and I could have went like, I'm gonna end up going in and out of prison. I'm gonna end up sticking with the drugs, right? But what good would it have that done us in the long run, right? So right, I appreciate you coming on the show and 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 talking about resilience and how it, um, you know, shows up in your life and how you uh, teach your kids that, right? Don't be afraid of the hard work, right? Because here's what daddy, here's what dad did, right? And that's the best we can do is lead by example. So what else would you like to touch on uh, when it comes to resilience, Jonathan? Like, if there's one thing you could tell the audience, right? Like, like, for me, it's like, never give up. So like, what would you tell the audience? I mean, the number one thing I would would be back to, you know, putting putting your faith in something, you know, bigger, more important than yourself. I think that's probably the number one thing. But, um, you know, I, I do think that that stacking these wins early in your day, these daily habits, those things really um, 
set the pace, you know, they, those things really get your momentum going. And, and I feel like a lot of it's about momentum as well. Um, and it's, you know, keeping those keeping those pesky promises to yourself. You know, if I'm going to lift today, then by God, go lift. If I'm going to walk, then by God, go walk. If I'm going to, you know, if it's something that I'm supposed to do today, just do it. You know, I, I think people go wrong a lot of times, um, you know, telling themselves, hey, I'm going to do this. And then the time comes, like, oh, I don't feel like I'll just do it tomorrow. And, and that, <laughs> it just, it's a slippery, slippery slope. Yeah, good old procrastination, right? Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And before you know it, like a week or a month's gone by and you're like, damn, I've said a, a month's full, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make you feel good, right? And um, I appreciate that. So you're still in the, are you still living in the Atlanta area? Uh, we're, we're almost, almost in Alabama at this point. We've gotten okay. as far away from the city as possible. Gotcha. Well, because I was just going to say, if anybody uh, needs to get a hold of you for any flooring needs or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we handle the whole Southeast. <laughs> <laughs> How would they get a hold of you there, Jonathan? Uh, I mean, the flooring, you just you can go online. I mean, easiest way, honestly, is probably just Facebook. It's uh, Resinous Residential. Um, that's probably the easiest way. I mean, you can go to the website, which is, you know, resinouscoding.com. But um, either way, you can, there's a, there's a link or there's a phone number, there's an email, there's all those things. So. Uh, so let me ask you this then, Jonathan. So if, if someone out there is struggling right now and they're like, they connect with you, right? Like they resonate with what you're telling them. Um, can you tell them like exactly where to reach you? Like Instagram, Facebook, or or Absolutely. how to listen yeah. to your podcast, you know, to listen to your yeah, podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's all platforms is Resilient Man Project on, on the podcast. Um, all social media platforms is also Resilient Man. Uh, Facebook Messenger, though, man, I have probably 200 or so messages from people all over the country already. And I'm just a normal guy on the other end of the phone. It's me. Um, you know, so if you message me, if you message Resilient Man, you're going to get a message back and it's going to be me. And okay. I mean, we do voice messages with people. I've done phone messages through Messenger when people just call. I just answer sometimes. I mean, I don't know how long it'll stay, be able to stay like that. But um, man, I'm here. I'm here as much as I absolutely positively can be for anyone. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that, too. So here, there's a couple of questions I like to ask you from my own question bank. Right. So you oh. see, I wrote I, I had my name, my podcast after my book. Right. And I wrote a book called Fearless Happiness, My Addiction, My Battles, My Recovery. So mm -hmm. fearless. I'm going to ask you this. What does fearless look like for you, Jonathan? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? A fearless man, you, you go through those things, you get to the other side, you build that resilience, you build that relationship that I was talking about with your higher power. And then all of a sudden there's, I mean, like I said, I'm not scared of anything. There, there's nothing that can stop me. Nothing. But I'm, period. Right. Awesome. I love it. What about happiness? See, look, I put a Y in there and there's a reason, right? I, <laughs> John is smiling at me like most people are like, hey, dude, happiness. you spelled that. You spelled that wrong. Yes, there's supposed to be. An I didn't I notice. I'm not. I don't English very well. So <laughs> I put a Y in there for a reason, right? And I want to see if you can figure it out. But what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up for you? I mean, happiness is, is man, family and faith. And again, going right. I hate to go back to the same thing over and over again. But it's, man, it's finding something bigger than yourself and pouring yourself into it, man. The world needs people. The world needs positivity. Like the, 
you know, they're tired of looking to Hollywood and all these places for, for, for guidance or for, you know, the world just needs normal people who have been through something to come out and, and share it and have the courage to speak about it and not care what anyone thinks. And that way, you know, everyone's sitting around waiting on somebody to like go first, you know? So if you just go first, man, there's no telling what you might start. You can start something to change the world. Absolutely. That's why they say they get they, the world needs guys like me and you everyday Joes that have gone through some shit, yeah. excuse my language, and gotten through it and become resilient, become fearlessly happy. Uh, and the reason I put the why in there, right, because we know happiness comes from within. Like, I know that my wife can't make me happy. My kids can't. I can say my grandkids do make me happy. Right. So um, but you we know that like to be truly happy, we got to find that inside us first. Right. And, and that's the reason. Okay. So, so you know that why I put the why in the happiness. Um, all right. I love it, man. I'm so grateful. Hey, you came. Quick, one quick thing. Yeah. Go sorry, one it. quick thing. You just reminded me, you know, you, you said internally, all these things that, that we're talking about or that I'm talking about that, that you can do to change. There's one little caveat to that is, is if, if you're not doing it for you, it won't work. It has to be for you. 100%. It cannot be for your wife or your kids or your mom yeah. or your dad or whoever. It has to be for you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, right? Because it doesn't work. Because how many times have we tried that? You and I, Jonathan, to please mom or please the wife or and it doesn't work, right? Until we could take a look in the mirror and go, I'm doing it for that guy I see looking back at me, right? And then I'm going to try my mm -hmm. best. But here's the benefit of that, right? When we do that kind of work because we, we want to, everybody else gets to benefit from it. You know what I mean? And it, it just, right. it makes it a better place, makes the world a better place. Um, man, I am so grateful you decided uh, and that you took me up on being a guest. I really appreciate you being here. But before I go, I have one more question to ask you, right? I asked this of all my guests is, I mean, I know you said it, but I want to see if you can come up with something else is what is <laughs> one piece of advice you could give the audience so that they can become better human beings. Hmm. Man, just be kind. Do not judge anyone. Do not think you understand somebody, the guy on the side of the road asking for money, this and that. Like just just be kind. You have no idea where they've been. You have no idea who's wronged them. You have no idea the circumstances that have been out of their control in their life that's gotten them to that point. So if, if you just walk through this world with a little bit more kindness, man, that's what I Man, I love that, bro. Thank you so much for that, Jonathan. Again, I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we got to do this interview. Everybody, if you got something out of this, if Jonathan made you think, if he made you smile, if he made you just go, I'm going to become resilient, please leave a review. Uh, and until next time, I will see you later. See you, everybody. You've been listening to Fearless Happiness. The numbers on addiction are absolutely stunning. Max lived in addiction for years and during that time made some terrible choices, losing his family, friends, and career. But he turned his life around. And now Max works as a substance abuse counselor helping people in their recovery. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun along the way. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at maxnaced.com on Facebook at max.naced. Till next time, keep the fight and we'll see you soon.